do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. So one of the things last week, I was wondering if anybody had noticed, and then they told some of them talked to me about it. Was we didn't really knock knock in the beginning at all. Do you remember that? I mean, we talked and had a pre-show, and oh yeah, no, because we didn't even know it was being. I didn't know it was being recorded, and then you went, "Oh yeah, no, we're recording now." And I was like, "Well, all right then, here we go." You were like, "The knock, the I knock. must knock." The knock. So, all right, well, if everybody needs the knock, hold on to your drawers. <laughs> As a serious, that's like when the sheriff comes. The whole. Place shook. All shook. You probably woke the groundhog up. That's good. Don't they sleep in the winter? Faster, better. Get out of my basement. <laughs> well, hey, does that sine wave look kind of normal for me and you? Yeah. Close to the same? Yep. Okay, good. Yep. Now we got it figured out. Now maybe we'll figure out what we're doing on the rest of it. What do you think? Well, you know, we, uh, well, y'all don't know, but we, we just did. Had sat and talked for, I don't know, half an hour, but did we talk about the pre-show stuff at all? No. No. Did we talk about what we're going to talk about? Now, last couple minutes, we said, well, what about we talk about this one? So, here we go. Here we go. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right, Miss Byron. Yes, my darling. I was wondering, you mentioned where things got very dark, very fast, and you were you know, driving or at work or in the doctor's office or at the grocery store or something like that. What do you do when things get really dark? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to help me define what dark means, because I think what you mean, do things feel oppressive and does it feel like the energy has settled in a bad way around you so that you feel claustrophobic? Yes. Is that what you mean by dark? Actually, that's exactly what I mean by dark. And you could add in the element of sometimes you might even feel like there's danger. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that would be like an intuitive thing kicking in, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it. I mean, there's lots of, of different techniques you can use. And what I preach all the time, and I apologize to those of you who have heard this song and dance or this sermon too many times, but the first thing I'm going to do is ground myself if I'm not already grounded. Okay. I'm going to dig my little old roots on the bottom of my feet. I'm going to dig them right into the earth so that I feel the connection, the both the physical and the spiritual connection strong. I feel that those things are, cl- are right together, twisted together. Right. So I'm going to do that first, and then I'm going to raise up some energetic shields around me. Because sometimes when we perceive the world kind of closing in on us, and I guess for me, the claustrophobia thing really works. Like I can't quite breathe and I don't have any elbow room and I don't have a lot of agency right then. Then I'm going to get some shields up around me and then I'm going to metaphorically sit 
in that shielded place and I'm just going to listen. And I'm going to go, am I feeling scattered and crazy and all this because I drank an entire pot of coffee this morning and I didn't eat no breakfast? Is that what the problem is, that I'm just a jitterbug? Or did I have oatmeal and a little bit of coffee and a nice some banana with peanut butter? And so it's not me, it's something else. Hmm. And then, the so the first thing I'm going to do is self-protective. I'm not necessarily going to be like a, a young adventurer and go, good heavens, what could that be? I'm going out to explore. First, I'm going to take care of me and make sure I'm in a place where if I do have to go explore in that kind of energetic or magical way, that I have, the, I have all the tools I need in my little work basket to do what I need to do. So that's how I'd do it. Well, how long does that take? I mean, if you're if you're on the subway riding to work or can't get to an altar or a place that makes you feel peaceful, well, can you, you still do it at yeah, work or something? Yeah, I mean, you are the altar in that case. And, and you don't even need to do an altar to do any kind of magical work. Okay. But yeah, in, <laughs> when I'm teaching this, I tell people, it is like on Star Trek. When the captain, whoever the captain is, says shields up, somebody pushes a button and the shields are up. Mm -hmm. It has to happen fast. Now, when I teach it, I teach a really slow, guided meditation sort of protocol to how you do it. And then I tell people, and you got to practice this oh, yeah. so much that it is second nature, that it is muscle memory for you. So that when you feel that slam in the gut or the two by four to this metaphorically speaking, a two-by-four, not a real two-by-four. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get your shields up fast, 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 fast. And you ground fast, get your shields up fast. Because you don't have the luxury sometimes. I mean, if it is intuitive the way you're saying that there could be danger lurking and your gut is telling you you get your head down, then uh, you have to be able to do that stuff fast. And you only can do it fast if you practice it. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think I tell people sometimes about that study. They did a study to find out how long it would take somebody to make a habit of something. Mm -hmm. It was like 66 times. Yeah, you I have, believe it. You have to it. do it that many times in a row, if you can, uh, before it becomes a habit that is ingrained. But you just do it. You've said it all along, you know, do it when you're in the car, do it, I mean, Find your way to get to that place. Yep. Yep. And then practice that. When when you feel that kind of creeping dread about a person or a situation or or any of that, and you just let that be your signal. Well, I should practice my grounding right now. Mm -hmm. I think I'll get my shields up. Let's see. How is it I'm supposed to do that? So let me ask you another question that occurs sometimes. If let's say you're a person who does practice that and you are at a place where you can ha make it happen fairly fast, what if you're in public and and you don't have the time to go be somewhere for a few minutes in private? Well, you you can you, you don't do have that to, when someone's talking to you. Yeah, and you don't have to take your damn clothes off to do this stuff. You know, you can oh, come do on. it. You can do it right right there, right in front of God and everybody. You can do it. So, um, it is. It's funny to me because I I do that class called Simple Practical Magic, and I teach all this stuff in that class. And 
And it is such a delight to me when I'm in a class full of people and I'll go, and now we're going to talk about grounding. And you can look out over the class and you can see the people who know how to do it because they, they hear the word grounding and they ground. <laughs> and then they're ready for whatever you're about to say. That's cool. It really is cool. And I love to point those people out uh-huh. to the class. I go, now you see that fellow sitting right there? Look, I want you to see how solidly he is connected into the earth. And when I said the word ground, he kind of did a little twitch. And he was grounded. That's all it took. That's cool. And I asked him, so do you practice that a lot? And he said, I don't practice it anymore, but I used to. Now I just do it. When I need to ground, I just ground. And that's actually where we all want to be with any of these practices, is we want to get to the place where we use them as tools. And it's not just practice. In it. Yeah. You have a tool basket. I've always had a tool Toolbox. Yeah, I call it my work basket because, like those old-fashioned sewing baskets, mm-hmm. I, I call it a toolbox. Just another tool for your toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> and they, a lot of people call them tool belt. Here's a another tool, tool for your tool belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all that stuff just it, it comes in handy, not just if you're doing magical practice, but it comes in handy just in the world, in the modern world. There's a lot that you should ground and shield yourself from. Not, I mean, not just intentions and dark mood situations so to speak not not just that but there are people who are walking around that you interact with if you're working with the public and they bring their own set of issues around with them well think about that story you told me right when we got here that you had just been to this new store that opened up in your town oh yeah and they didn't have they only had one cashier and they had a big old long line of people and somebody in the back was just squalling because it was taking so long. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, I'm going to be late. Well, wah, 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 wah. And just think, if that person had gone, well, I'm at the back of the line. I'd like this line to move faster. I think the first thing I'm going to do is ground myself. And then I'm going to have some energy to work with. And maybe what I'll do is just take out my phone and I'll send a text message to my my kid and see how they're feeling. Or maybe what I'll do is send some energy to that poor cashier who just looks like she is overwhelmed. Or there's all sorts of things you can do that are you not being a big damn jackass. Well, if there's more to that story, you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, sure. So this gal, well, one, first of all, it was my first trip out like that. And, you know, in I was years. masked, but, but I have not been actually in a shopping situation for a long time, and I was aware of of it, but I, I was thinking, well, I've got my mask on. Nobody else did. Yeah. No, well, I take it back, though. There were a couple people who did. And I bet there was a sign on the door that said, masks are required. No, 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 not in that county. Oh. Completely oh, not yeah, in that county. That's right. You're in a different county. Yeah, I am. And uh, so, but the next thing I noticed was just how nice everybody was compared to what I see in a bigger town like Asheville, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, they were nice and they knew not one person was complaining. I saw one person try to buy the cashier a drink of some drink that he pulled oh, yeah. out and he was like uh-huh. trying to, you know, and I saw somebody else offering to bag their stuff and, and all of that. And then this one woman just was a storm. She was just back there and she had a, her cart had all of these um, energy, not energy drinks, but they're supposed to be good for you drinks. 
with potassium and all this stuff in them. Mm -hmm. okay? She had about 20 flats of them. Oh, my they were God. Up over the top of the shopping cart. She was serious about she her drinks. She was serious. So she's there <clears throat> yelling about, I'm going to be late, and I can't believe this, and, and all that stuff. And just like it had been planned or something. Just to mess with her. Yeah. The whole top part of her cart just slid into the floor. Oh, <laughs> now, oh dear. None of those drinks were contained in plastic. So all of those drinks went bouncing across the floor. Please. And well, I guess it gave her something to do while she was waiting at the end of the Oh, line. it just got her. She was so embarrassed. And a few people started picking up the drinks and taking them to the cart floor. Me included. Because, you know, I mean. Might as well. Well, yeah, I'll get the stuff out of the floor and all of that. And she calmed down. And shortly after that, they opened up another register. And then they opened up another register. And, but as soon as that stuff got back on the cart, it was like everybody in the line made, had made friends with each other at that point. Yeah. And they were all just laughing and talking and just having a big old time. See, that's beautiful. I thought it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it when, when things like, when, when people pull together instead of pulling apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I love hearing the end of that story. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I told you about the other the next thing was I decided to treat myself to this new little restaurant. Have I told you this? Mm -hmm. there's, oh, boy. There's a, there's a restaurant. I'm not going to name it. Uh, but but I expected it to have one kind of specialty lunch food. And I was checking it out just because I have a lot of friends who like that kind of food. And me, too, I have to say. Um, so I get in there, and it has an extensive menu. Ooh. Really impressive menu. And uh, it actually had another specialty, which I can't name because everybody would know that. And, <laughs> and and I'm looking around and the restaurant's mostly empty. And there's one gal up there picking up a to-go order and an extremely bored in her 20s cashier. So I was trying to make a little small talk with her. And she, I guess she just didn't want to speak human that day, mm -hmm. this day, excuse me. Because she kind of went, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, so-and-so. And she calls the name of the owner, who was evidently in the back of the kitchen, uh, doing paperwork or something, while they were getting my, my order ready. And he comes up, and she just basically hands off the question to him and walks. Okay? So he is an extremely friendly guy. Just super friendly and was telling me all about his appreciation for the area, which that goes to tell you he's not from the area. Um, <laughs> yeah. And goes on to talk about the menu specialty item, which is from his home homeland, hometown. And then he saw my shirt. Ah. Well, actually, first he told me I could feel free to take my mask off. Mm -hmm. And I thanked I said, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll probably keep it on. At this point, I'm pretty used to it. That's all I said, and then I was moving on in the conversation, and then he looked at my shirt. Mm -hmm. And I've got that, that shirt on, you know, uh -huh. about it started out as a virus, then mutated into an IQ test, and he started lecturing me. Oh. And he said, <clears throat> in the nicest, friendliest way, though, some people can do that, you know. He started lecturing me. 
Because here's what I got out of that. People, if you're not from here, don't make the mistake of assuming that just because someone is nice and they smile and they have good conversation with you, that they automatically agree with you. Because I can tell you right now, he told me that, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. That that the science all tells you that it's everywhere in the air and no mask necessary. They were actually harmful for you. If you listen to the right scientists, you'll know. Understand now, everybody's entitled to their opinion. That is a true thing. But if you are in a business situation and if you are a brand new restaurant, do you want to just go out of your way to alienate some people? Well, evidently, the answer is yes. Evidently, the answer is yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I said, the right scientists. And I said, you mean the ones that have been properly vetted in pre-approved ways by uh, the majority of other scientists and society approved? I can't remember how I said it. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of the way I said it, but I can't remember it now. And 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 I said, you're not talking about like a a, a, a blog host like Joe Rogan or something, are you? <laughs> I said, because he's not a scientist, you know. He's just a DJ personality as far as I know. And he gets to have an opinion, but he's not a scientist. And so who are the right scientists? Are they the ones that agree with you? How do you get that? And which scientists are actually proven to be trustworthy? I mean, other if, if, if you don't choose those people, then you get what you asked for. Mm-hmm. So did you actually buy food there, or did you turn I'd it I'd already paid down? for it, and it was sitting on the counter. Oh, right. So I went ahead and got it. It's not that, and I'm not his enemy either. But, wow, what a thing to do when, I know. You, when you meet somebody for the first time in business. Well, I'm just not all about the preaching to people about anything, really. It, yeah, how many times does it win them over? And are they the people, I mean, you know? And does it somehow make you feel better? I well, mean, I, I, I run in some very unusual circles, and I admit that. And But my social media uh, bubble is pretty large, and it's also yeah, it really diverse. Yep. So there are people that I love who believe things I will never believe. And there are people that, um, that I agree with politically or spiritually or whatever that I, I wouldn't give the time of day to. So yeah, I I, I take everything a case at a time, pretty much. But I'm telling you what, somebody came out from behind, from the office to answer a question for me and start preaching at me. I'd be like, mm, maybe you should keep that food because I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Well, he didn't start out preaching, you see. He started out just happy to meet me and. Oh, he just loved the area, and et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, he made the mistake of thinking that just because I was polite and we got to laugh at a couple of comments together, that that just instantly meant that I was going to agree with what he had to say. That's a tactical error in a business person. It, it absolutely is. And I find again and again, if I'm in a situation where I'm using my native accent, Oh, yeah. That people make assumptions about all kinds of things about religion and politics. And I can remember being at the damn vet's office with my cat. And 
I was sitting there with this man who is obviously somebody from around here. And we were kind of passing the time of day like you do about, well, the weather was this. And golly, could you believe what happened with that big wreck out on I-26 or, you know, all that stuff you talk about. And he just assumed, because I talk the way I talk, that there was a commonality beyond our cultural one. <laughs> and he started saying some stuff about the government. And, and I let him finish. And then I looked at him and I said, you know what? I, I bet you would agree with me that me and you and that receptionist over there, if the three of us sat down at a table together, we could solve some of these problems in about 45 minutes, couldn't we? Oh, and nice. he said, I believe we could. And the receptionist is looking at me like, I'm, I'm not like you people. And I said, yeah, that's right, because we're, we're good people, good-hearted people have good intentions about our neighbors and our families. And just I just kept talking to him till he wouldn't talk to me anymore. He just shut up. I was like, oh, God, I got her started. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You got me started. Absolutely. But I never, you know, like with you, I never yelled at him. I never called him a big, stupid buffoon or jackass or, you know, any of those other things I it will pull out of a bag at the least provocation and call somebody. Yes. I didn't. I just was like, yeah, we could solve that problem. That's not a problem, really. Well, there's some things we can fix. We can't fix stupid, evidently. Uh, I evidently, mean, it just keeps popping well, and it's it's the it's the deadly combination of stupid and arrogant. Yes. And if I've learned nothing else in this pandemic, it's that yeah, people can be ignorant about something, they can learn something new. All that has been true for all of us forever. But there are certain people that I've had to encounter and have to encounter over and over again that are stupid and they're also really arrogant. <laughs> And they're not arrogant about their stupidity because they don't understand they don't that they are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> not a victimless crime, but they still don't know what it is. But they're just arrogant about, well, and I just think that is such a bad combination for me to have to deal with. It really is. I, and I see oh. it. I see it over and oh over. Oh, my gosh. Assumptions. Assumptions. Oh. Assumptions. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, we were going to have a, a happy, jolly show. That was the one thing that came out of our pre-show. Yeah, we're well, going to be jolly and funny today. So why don't I, while we're both thinking of it, so we don't get to the end of it, our Ilsa, the queen of the weirdlings, <laughs> um, we did a little uh, giveaway thing for, for, as I call it, Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little giveaway, and uh, she and her beautiful mate, Jay and the dog helped do a drawing last night, and the two people who uh, who won the giveaway were Casey Larson and Andy. Wait a minute, Andy, I almost got your name, Andy Moore. And I will mail those things out probably Friday, Yay. which is in the past now that it's Sunday, so y'all can be real confused about. Does that next Friday? No, I've mailed them to you, and if I'm, if I'm lucky, I'll get a mail tomorrow. You might even have them before you hear this. That would so, be cool. Thank you all so much for playing with us. Yeah. We are 
We are already looking forward to spring, the spring giveaway, when we're going to send you a, a basket full of goodies. An Easter egg or something. Yes, we're going to do something because we love doing this stuff. Yeah, that was fun to watch you do it. I'm, I've worked all weekend, and you you had already had that thing put together. Yeah, well, I don't work, you know. I'm retired. Well, you know, I'm retired now. I don't really work. <laughs> you are never going to let me forget that. I'm never going to let anybody forget forget that. You are not the only one that has said that to me. Made that assumption. See, that's oh, what happens God. when you make assumptions. Isn't that, it? It's like this thing. If you don't work a nine-to-five job, you must be retired. Well, I work all the damn time. All the time. When yeah. I'm watching TV, because my daughter, who is wonderful and I love her, Gave her daddy BritBox for a year. Ooh. So, in of the evening, I'm watching some fabulous British television. Nice. But I'm also knitting. Or I'm also whatever else thing I'm doing. Because I just, because I don't stop working. So, there. No, you never stop. Going through the seeds and, oh, all that stuff. So, the idea of being retired, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. You're just like, you're just like Sky and Beth. I might throw them out if I need to. At the shop, they never stop working. I mean, they're always moving. And well, I can remember when I when I used to work retail in the bookstore. Um, there were people who just assumed that if there was if I wasn't waiting on customers or putting up displays, I must just sit around and read. And it was like, well, of course I don't. I put in my all my hours every day, and I don't I don't get to just lay around and not do anything mm -hmm. are, are you in business i would ask people have you ever been you ever worked in a business at all i you know people are funny i there are people lots of people who have never worked for themselves or for a small business yep and they're fine and i'm i'm glad for them because they like it but if you've never actually worked in that situation you don't understand the sense of or you might not understand the sense of responsibility that every single person carries with them into the job. Because it's not like you have unlimited resources in a small business. The people who have, have a job there usually have multiple tasks that they're responsible for. Yeah. I mean, whereas when you're in a bigger industrial setting, you might have that job that's nine to five and all you do is take sonography. But that doesn't exist in a small business, and regular no. hours don't either. Well, and and also if you're um, if you're part of the gig economy, you are hustling all the time. You never, or stop. you are not getting work. Right, right. And that's that's where I was for, you know, December and January. I was setting up festivals and conferences, figuring out yep. accommodation and travel and all that stuff because it's I'm always. Hustling, hustling, hustling. Yeah, and you pretty much got your year figured, don't you? Yeah, I've got room for a couple things. I'm gonna, I'm working out a thing in April to go down to Columbia, South Carolina, for the day, ah, okay. and teach some classes. So I've still got space for some things like that that are kind of local. Mm -hmm. But I hit the road next month, middle of March. I'm heading to Florida, do a big festival down there. It's like a 20th anniversary festival, 20th oh, cool. to 25th of this festival. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good, good, big group of people. Mm. So, yeah, if you're doing, if you are part of the gig economy or you have a small business or several small businesses, 
Yeah. You are doing that all the time. And when yeah. you're not physically doing it, you're thinking about it. Yep. And you too should be shielded and grounded. Yes. I think everybody should do it. It would make yeah. the world a better place. I th it probably would. Probably would. So my my week has been kind of busy and mm -hmm. trying to settle into a routine over there at the shop. And you got to come out on Tuesday for the first time. And not just as the company shaman, but as... Uh, uh, the reader for the day, and that yeah, was, kinda, that was, was cool. it was my second time this week. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, because okay. I was there last week. Well, I, well, yeah, you were. Were you? But you weren't reading, were you? Yep. Oh okay. Well, I just did two little bitty readings last oh, week. Okay. And brought books. That was my big thing last week, bringing books. Okay. Yeah, right. I figure I'm going to be in that shop two or three times a week just to come in and do, as you call me, the the company shaman, do my shaman work. <laughs> That's so funny. I never use that word. I feel like I'm being a just a cultural appropriation disaster in the past 24 hours because I here I am saying I'm a shaman, which I'm not. I don't really use that word. It's just kind of a joke. And then yesterday, my buddy David Hopes posted a picture of himself when he was maybe five years old. Yeah. And he was dressed as a little black and white photo. He was dressed as a quote-unquote Indian. And he had a little headdress on, and he had all this stuff, and he, he was holding a little tiny hatchet in his hands, <laughs> and I could not did figure out. Did he have out, a little stuffed bear? <laughs> he did not, uh, and I couldn't figure out how to put my own picture on his, so I posted it on my own page, and I hope that all my First Nations people will forgive me, but it's me at about the same age, four or five years old, standing on my grandmother's porch, and it's Halloween, and I'm dressed up like an Indian. And, and fortunately, a Cherokee friend and a Cree friend and a, a, another friend who is part Cheyenne have all said, huh, nice outfit. <laughs> well, you know, oh, that's God. one of those things that when you were a young, young kid, you wanted to be an Indian. Oh, I did. Well, and I had cousins that were part Cherokee. Mm -hmm. I had the best looking. I still have the best looking cousins in the world. But these two cousins, the twin boys, and they were just the, oh, and they're still good looking, even though now they are 69 years old. Wow. They're still pretty damn good looking. Bill, Bob, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Did they Facebook much? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I saw some twins walk into the shop. And that was kind of an interesting thing because one of them was shopping for darker things and the other one was telling me that she, she needed something to stop the other one from doing the darker work. And I'm like, y'all, how about have a conversation? How old were they? Oh, 17. Yeah. So, yeah. They're just all, they're just playing. I know. They're playing at the aesthetic. Yeah. So it's an interesting job. I used to think that my job in the hotel was the most interesting job, okay? And I would I would tell hotel stories. I still tell hotel stories because of the weird stuff that I've seen. But that doesn't it doesn't even touch a normal day at work. <laughs> Ain't got a patch on it. I tell you, I'm gonna have to jump in on this lunch thing y'all do because on Tuesdays y'all order lunch and I go back in that back room and I go, oh, it smells so good. What is that? Oh, it's it's. Tearing me up that they Ooh. don't have the the sushi place is not open on Tuesday. 
Oh, I, I almost went in there after the work I did yesterday. I almost went in there to just, I thought, I need some grounding. I'm going to go in there and have some good sushi. But I didn't, you know, I just went home. I just did that thing. I thought to myself, well, I got some brown rice and pinto beans at home. I'll just go home and have that. That'll be grounding. Well, it was, I'm sure. It was. It was very good. Well, I tell you, I appreciate the advice about the grounding and shielding. I, I forget it a lot. When I get a feeling, it, it happens on its own, you know, but I forget it a lot. I just forget to do it. Yeah. And it's just like music. It's just like any other thing. Well, and the, the language that I use around it is modern language. So anybody who is practicing uh, a traditional Appalachian uh, healing craft, let's say it like that. That's better. Um, yeah. Anybody who's doing that in a traditional way, uh, the way my grandmother used to say it is, you get right with the Lord and you get right with the land. And that was her way of saying you got grounded. So you get grounded and you get shielded. You get right with the land, you get right with the spirit. And that's the way they talked about it. They didn't talk about grounding and shielding and all that stuff. You know, we are talking about that last week, I guess, wasn't it, when we were saying, well, did your grandmother collect crystals and... <laughs> and and amethyst, did she wear rose quartz in her bra to make her feel better? No, she didn't do none and, of that. And she also didn't do moon cleanses. No. She didn't put water out to moon cleanse it and stuff. So I'm not saying she didn't do some sort of moon practice. I don't know. It's the truth. Well, and something that I believe it was my grandmother, might have been a different relative, did is, uh, oh, yeah, it was a different relative, and I'm not going to call her name. Um is that they had rain barrels outside mm -hmm. and the rain after a full moon was believed rain barrel after the full moon was believed to be more potent oh. so that was full moon work but they wouldn't have called it that they would my now i'm telling you my grandma would they would go after the water after the moon after the full moon because at that point they were living in the city mm -hmm. <laughs> how funny they were living in town limits. Yeah, yeah. And so they didn't get their water from a well anymore. They got it from the big giant uh, water tower. If you picture Petticoat yeah. Junction, yeah. they got it from there. And they, they really liked that water. They'd go up in the woods to get water sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that is a form of moon magic, isn't it? It is, but they wouldn't have called it that. I mean, it's the complaint I have all the time about people who say, well, what you you're a granny witch. You're an Appalachian granny witch. Well, that was not the language that was used. Yeah. And so if you want to call it that and seem like a little tiddly outlander, then you can do that. But that's not what it was traditionally called. Oh, the healing woman, I heard uh, healing called, woman. They were called healers, cove doctors. Cove doctors, yeah. Uh, old-timey healers, old-timey doctors. Uh, women who gathered herbs were called yarb women. Yarb women, yeah. All of that, but they did not use the word witch. They, I mean, I'm not going to say never, but they hardly ever use that word. So when you, you know, I want to know all about Appalachian witchcraft, then nobody who does that traditionally is going to have much respect for you to use that language. Well, they're not going to have anything to offer you content-wise to that question. No, Because there's nobody that really called themselves that unless they were some sort of somebody looking for attention you see yeah but they called their healing people they called them healing women 
Yeah. And it usually was a matriarchal thing around here. It often was. Yeah. Yes. And I noticed that. And, there was and because women live longer than men, usually. Could be. I mean, that really could be. And there was a lot of um, kind of intermingling between the Bible and the, the object uh, or the action that you were taking. And, oh, yeah. And as far as crystals, the closest thing that I can think of is they did give certain stones certain properties, healing properties specifically. Like, yes. Like I, my grandfather made me copper bracelets. Mm -hmm. Because even at a young age, I had some trouble with my joints, you know, with pain in my joints because of slamming my hands against the piano or whatever it was I was yeah. doing. Yeah. And that's a, a mineral. I know it's not a stone, but it's said that, you know, pick up a garnet around there and it can keep you from having but, a and, and, and stuff like mica that. was was and mm -hmm. is still very, very important for a yeah. lot of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, Micah. yeah, when we Micah. talk about traditional stuff, there, and I'm not saying, you know, it's okay to add in whatever you want to add in if you feel like you need to do that. Yeah. But if you're talking about traditional stuff, for one thing, you got you got to acknowledge how big the range of these mountains are. Because the people up in Canada at the end of this mountain range are going to be different than the people in Georgia mm -hmm. at the end of the mountain range. So, you just got to... I don't know. You got to be a little bit sensitive about stuff. But that word witch, which I use all the time and I own, and my business is the village witch, you just got to be careful with that word because traditional people do not like it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how fancy you are and how you have, I've reconstructed that word and I, now it has a whole new meaning. Well, not in a traditional culture, it does not. No, I agree with you. Now, you can be, and I am, pretty out and proud at this point, which I wasn't a few years back, but I don't, I don't go around using that word all the time. Y'all, while, while we're sitting here talking, I am knitting this scarf. And uh, the aforementioned Ilsa, queen of the weirdlings, has been so kind. A, a friend of hers... Uh, had some personal reasons to give up this kind of crafting. And she sent me a big, fat box full of beautiful, expensive yarn. And I've just been knitting up scarves and knitting up all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And um, and the scarves are all going to uh, to homeless play, to homeless folks. Nice. And some of the places that take care of homeless folks. And, um, and some other places too. But I'm just knitting like a maniac because I'm watching TV every every night, watching some TV. Well, and you're enjoying it, though. And I do. I do enjoy it. So I said something to her because all the colors she sent me, I mean, they're beautiful. My favorite colors, blue and blue-green and green, lots of different greens and some black. And I said, you, you don't have any more of that yarn laying around, do you? Because it'd be nice to have something a little brighter occasionally to be knitting on. And she said... No, no, I, I finally gave all that stuff away. Well, somehow she reacquired a bunch of it. <laughs> and she kept sending me pictures of, well, how's this look? Do you like this? Do you like this color? Do you like wool? Do you like cotton? And she said, just tell me what you don't like. And that sweet youngin has put together another big old box of oh. yarn for me. She's so I got to be knitting fast because more yarn is coming. <laughs> 
She's a good one. She is a good one. She's a keeper. She She'll takes care her of that. Keeper. She takes care of that weirdlings group real well. She does. Monitors it and... I think she's really careful about who she lets in. She is, and I'm not. You know, I just, I see, oh, because, you know, you and I are admins in that group, too. They'll say, oh, here's some people want to be in that group. And I'll go, okay, approved. And then <laughs> they'll also be saying, did you approve those people to come in here? Yes, ma'am. They're friends of mine. <laughs> I hope that's okay. She vets in everybody. She does, knows. and that's really wise in this day and age. Boy, it is. I've got a situation in my group right now. And I don't that know group. that group. Yeah. Uh-huh. That group will be taken care of very soon. But this situation in the meantime, I don't really know what to say about. I think that it's a fake person. Oh no. I what do they call them? Sock puppets? Maybe. I'm not sure. Is but somebody catfishing you? I think so. <laughs> Whatever that means. I just when I said that I felt like Andy of Mayberry. Can you Andy imagine? Andy of Mayberry. He'd be like Catfishing? What do you mean catfishing? What's that mean? <laughs> well, Sheriff, Sheriff Taylor. Um, let me find. Oh, hey, I just got a message from somebody for you. <laughs> uh, just when I'm feeling really popular. <laughs> hey, would you tell Byron that I said, uh, "Golly, I had such a dream last night, and I woke up, and I just kept my eyes closed because I wanted to. I wanted it to play out a little bit more." It was just one of those funny things where I was with a bunch of people and we were, we had to get dressed up for something and yeah. you know how it is and, and you got to, you got to be where you got to be in about five minutes, but you can't find one of your shoes or your hair is, is still got a uh, conditioner in it. Or I don't know. It's one of those really crazy dreams. <laughs> and I just, I just wanted to, I just want to dream about five more minutes. I want to see what happens. Did will you? will I find that shoe? Did you? No, because then the phone rang and I got up. But it was really funny. I love those kind of just crazy dreams. I dreamed, and I still remember this dream like it was last night. It must have been 15 years ago. And I had a, a Toyota Corolla, just like I do now. Yeah. And I was in some kind of rural setting, kind of up in the mountains, like a, like a cabin retreat sort of a place. And... I looked out of the of the window of the door or whatever to my car, and there were four bears that were just like sniffing around my car, full-grown bears just sniffing around my car. <laughs> and then I went to the door and said, what are y'all doing? And they all, they opened all four doors of the car, and they got in and drove my car away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was running after them, shaking my fist, going, bring back my car, you damn bears, bring back my car. <laughs> And I still remember that. I woke up from that just laughing. That's and you look out, those bears will steal your damn car. <laughs> and can you imagine four grown bears in a Toyota Corolla? I don't no. know. That, I, don't, I don't think they fit. No, well, it was a dream. They could do whatever they want. That's hilarious. It was. And this was the same thing. I was looking all over for a shoe, and I kept asking people. And I'd, be, I'd like go into a restaurant and go, have you seen my shoe? It looks like, and I'd describe it to them. And they go, no, this is a restaurant. We don't have shoes. <laughs> hilarious that is how i don't even know how we got on that subject <laughs> dreams dreams it was dreams dreams and boatments yeah sometimes you get a dream and you know it's a message oh my god you know there's something you should pay attention to whether it's your subconscious telling you this or a deity or something some other person out there i don't i'm not pretending to answer that but 
Sometimes you get a dream and you know. Well, and they seem different. They do. That's the funny thing about it. Yep. They just feel, they just feel very different. Yeah, I get those. A, not a lot, but I get I get one a week. Yeah. Probably. I don't know if that's a lot. Or not. Probably, I think it's probably one compared to the message. So you gonna give me that message or what? Or can you give it to me when people are listening? I, I, I always take it out. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals. <laughs>